Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show here on Monday, the 6th of July. What are we going to talk about this evening? Well, obviously. Club rugby. That's one. That's now it's back. We love talking about that. So we'll be talking about some club rugby um, this evening. Also, um, player wages. There's been all a whole bunch of um, things happening, particularly in Europe around that. Once we need to talk about that, we'll have a chat about the New Zealand rugby schedule as well. Sky um, uh, Sky TV's uh, Twitter account decided to give us a sneak preview as to what may or may not be coming up. Um, we'll also be talking about some Japan player signings. Uh, and we've also and um, is is on the list uh, as well. And we may even talk about the CDC money. Yes, that has cropped up yet again. So we're we'll talking about all of those things this evening. If there's anything you would like to talk to us about, or like us to talk about, um, then obviously this is a live show at 8 p.m. every single Monday. Uh, just come into the live chat and let us know what you'd like us to talk about. You can watch. You can listen. You can watch us live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Um, just like Simon Hughes is doing at the moment. Also, you can listen to New Zealand Sports Radio on the go because we put all the recordings out there onto our podcast. Just download us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Acast, or your favourite podcatching app. Joining me this evening to uh, talk all things rugby and give you a real rugby fix is Mr Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Paul. And once again, it's a privilege and a pleasure to be on the uh, TDM. I'll have to stand for the whole show because we haven't got any furniture in the house. We're moving out very shortly, so I will stand or hang in there for how long the uh, however long the show takes. Beg your pardon. Ah, uh, well, let's see if we can uh, go for that uh, big telephone twenty-four hour show um, just to keep Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> Have you <laughs> now, Stephen? I know you are mainly a or you you, you love your, your 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 grassroots rugby. But have you been keeping an eye on some of the uh, player um, issues over in Europe? Yeah, you, well, you you kind of do. I think it's a it's an important piece for us here in New Zealand to know exactly what's happening overseas, especially. Uh, uh, you know, with with some questions being asked in and around the local game. So, yeah, I do. Very important. 
so yeah, it's been very difficult to keep well, keep track of all of it. Um, over in Ireland, they are having ongoing discussions between the IRFU um, and the players' union over there, uh, and they seem to have done it in a pretty similar way as New Zealand have. Um, and I guess that helps because most of the players are centrally contracted, and that means what, what I mean by that is they're doing it predominantly behind closed doors and not doing it in the media, um, unlike some other people over here in New Zealand. Um, the, it looks like uh, all those things have now been sorted out. It was a protracted discussion, folks. Um, uh, you put, but, but a lot of people won't really realize that because, as I say, it happened behind closed doors. It didn't happen in the public domain, which is the right way to go about this. I, took, I think it took longer than it should have done. But, um, but hey, there you go. Not actually being there my, involved myself with the conversations. I obviously don't know exactly what the issues were. But, um, but that, that looks like that has all been sorted now, which is good. However, one country where it is done in public is England. And don't we just love it that it is? Because otherwise, what would we talk about? Here is a prime example, folks, of how not to go about your discussions. Um, pretty similar to the way that Australia did as well, in all honesty. Um, but then again, yeah, all, all, all um, behind closed doors discussions in Australia apparently have to be printed in the media the next day. Um, so uh, obviously we've had three players uh, from the from the uh, from the Reds um, leave, uh, and um, so and, and you might say, hey, but Paul, look, um, we've seen some players from New Zealand leave as well. Um, for example, Tyler Ardron um, is no longer with the Chiefs, and that is true. But that is because he had another contract signed, so he had somewhere to go, um, which is uh, and uh, it, it just his contract ran out at the end of July, end of June. Um, at which point he then moves on to his new contract, uh, which was over in France. And hence, he's gone to France and good luck to him. We wish him well. Not the same situation as Isaac Rodder and Isaac Lucas, who do not have any contracts lined up. They just as they, they said, no, we're not taking a pay cut. And they got cut. Now, so what does that mean? That means over in, your, in, in the, in the uh, Gallagher Premiership, um, there have been some issues. Sales Sharks have come out and have said, look, all our players have re-signed. It's all sorted, um, which is nice. Um, at Leicester Tigers, not quite the same thing, though, is, has it, is, is it, Stephen? Um, with a number no. of players there who have uh, said, no, I'm not taking a pay cut, um, and, um, uh, and I'm off. Uh, those including Mr. Um, Tuolangi, who is a, who's probably the biggest name there. Um, someone that, uh, if listening to a few podcasts, you've got to say, Leicester Tigers perhaps have spent too much money on over the last few years because he hardly ever plays, being injured all the time. It's a, a tad harsh, but from a, a management point of view, do you really want to be ha having, having one of your best plays, play, paid players constantly? Um, but so, Stephen, have you got that? Do, do you know the, the, the players? Uh, I've, see to, um, I, I'm not, I've not got the actual list of players up. But it is difficult for players, isn't it, um, whether they should take... Um, uh, whether they should take the pay cut or not. Yeah, well, interest, interestingly enough, Paul, there's, there's obviously, you would think that a lot of the clubs, given the COVID-19 situation this year, would be all on the same song sheets, but obviously they're not, because with regards to Manu Tuolangi, sales sharks are already basically, ironically, circling like sharks, <laughs> to basically get the signature of uh, Manu Tuolangi already. So, you know, there you, go, there you go. They're not actually reading the room, which is the biggest thing at the minute, because, you know, what what shape or form is the premiership going to take moving forward? Yeah, we know how it's going to look 
as a competition, but you know, are there going to be pe- people turning up to to watch these games? Is there going to be money coming in? There's a whole lot of un- unanswered questions, and I I think it's it, it's it's time for for these clubs to to basically pull together and look at the bigger picture. <laughs> pull together, yeah, right, okay. So here is a <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> bad choice to me where they. Um, obviously, they've been breaching salary caps um, for 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 a number of years now. Um, obviously, Saracen got caught, um, and a number of other clubs um, have uh, breached it in the past, uh, either uh, unintentionally or intentionally uh, as well. And most, and when it's been intentionally, it's been swept under the table uh, on the whole. So, um, the so they decided, yeah, you know, look, guys, we're losing money, uh, and we're going to be losing even more money now. So let's all t- let's all agree that we'll take uh, that, that we'll cut the salary cap down. Okay, that sounds like a good move. Understandable. Yep, let's cut. Sorry about down to save as money. Oh, by the way, any any um, contracts signed before, and I can't remember exactly what the date was, but say let's just say for, for the sake of arguments, first of July, um, uh, only counts as seventy five percent towards the um, salary cap. Okay, that makes sense because obviously we've got existing contracts and we can't cut people's salaries. Um, so what do they do then? A whole bunch of t- clubs go out and quickly re-sign players on money knowing that only 75% of that money will go towards the salary cap um, <laughs> because they signed it before the 1st of July. But is that going to say, is that going to help them actually stay solvent um, and actually uh, not lose quite so much money? No, of course it's not. And it's totally against the spirit of the rules. Um, but hey, it, it applies by the letter of the rules. So hey, let's go and do it. One of those players who um, was Johnny May, for example, who extended his contract before he'd even started playing for Gloucester, um, who's still at Tigers. So even before he'd moved, um, he extended his his new contract again, um, just because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the you got to say, look, this this what they should have done there is said, okay, guys, look, we're going to we're going to cut it by by whatever percentage is going to be, uh, and any existing contracts as of today only count seventy five percent, but you can't do any new ones. No, 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 guys, give us a week just to get all our eggs in a row, spend more money, please. Uh, look, it's a league that really is not. Um, that, that from a financial point of view, um, to be perfectly blunt, there's um, there's only one club that makes a profit, everyone or even breaks even, all the rest don't. Um, and uh, yeah, if people want to throw their money away like that, then I guess you can't really stop rich people from doing that. But um, yeah, it just shows that it's a bit of a farce of a league from, from an administration point of view. On the pitch, great product, um, wonderful players. Great coaching, all of that side of things. Look, it's a great, it's a great league from that point of view. But from an administration point of view, it's a basket case. Um, and you've seen that play out at, at Tigers, as you say, Stephen. Um, as soon as a player becomes available, someone else goes, "Oh, we'll spend lots of money on him." Um, and you're just like, "What? You're, um, you're losing money, uh, and Paul, you're going to be spending these." Paul, I was about to say one of the um, items on the independent. Uh, newspaper is uh, basically saying that the, obviously Manu Tuolangi leaves Leicester, Leicester Tigers. He's actually um, he's also putting his uh, future England contract at risk now. He's not the only one that left uh, uh, Leicester Tigers as well because also Kyle Eastman has, has left a former England player himself. Greg Bateman, Noel Reid and uh, Telusa Vinianu who's the uh, via, via, via Inu who's the uh, Tongan uh, uh, 
centre. I'm oh, sorry, beg your pardon, winger, winger, fullback. So, you know, that's um, you know, there's three or four players there that are all quality. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any sanctions from an England point of view. Well, the, the only one there that really, I mean, um, Bateman and um, Carl Eastman, I think their their England um, days um, are, mm. are behind them. Um, so yes, so for those two, um, um, and uh, so the the Tonga player, so I've got the name Tonga player already, um, but I think I believe he has a contract lined up already in France, so he's he's um, he's happy to head over there um, pretty quickly. Um, but yes, you've got to say the, the the England rules of you have to play within England if you want to be to play for England, no exceptions, or the only exceptions if there's a massive injuries. Hence, if Tuolangi decides to go overseas, then he will be uh, yes he will lose out on on his England money and when that's 20k a game that money adds up quite quickly um being a being an england player so um there is that side of things to take into account if you are thinking of heading overseas now one of the people interviewed about it from an island point of view made a good point look players have got mortgages and other expenses um that they've budgeted for under their existing contracts um and under their existing pay if they take a pay cut Suddenly, they might not be able to pay the pay the mortgage payments on the house. Now, hope you wouldn't want to be that um, sailing that close to the wind with your pay with with, with your um, salary. But some of them might be. So you can understand why some of them don't want to take uh, the, uh, um, the the pay cuts. Um, but yeah, you're right. Tulangi could lose England place over this. Um, most definitely, it's all a bit of a mess um, there. Um, so yeah. Going to say five, losing five million pounds didn't help as well, Paul. You know, I, but you know, once again, players I think have got to read the room. Um, also, Bristol are talking about pay cuts being inevitable as well, and we know some of the players on their books as well. We're talking guys about guys like Charles Tui, um, Charles Pieto, um, Stephen Luatua, just to just to name name a couple. I would imagine they'd be probably high in the salary stakes. Not to mention uh, Bristol's coach as well. Maybe he wouldn't come cheap. Don't aren't part of the um, salary caps here. You can spend as much as you like on coaching um, if you want to. So, um, so yes. And Simon makes a point. Yeah, the French league does actually have some money. Um, it, yes, it does have proper TV right, proper TV money. Um, they're still asked by the French Union, uh, which is, or, or, or they are paid for access to their players or in other words, subsidised by the French Union to a certain degree, um, but nowhere near to the same level that the um, Gallagher Premiership is. There was an interesting one that said um, that if um, the... Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think we'll be seeing either Charles Piertau or Steve Be- Steve Batman coming back to the Blues <laughs> any <laughs> one soon, um, Arshan, I'm afraid. Um, but there was an interesting person who made a legal point uh, on Twitter that, look, if... Uh, Tuolangi gets released because he refuses to take a pay cut, um, then uh, he can sue Tigers for loss of earnings. Um, and mm-hmm. so, so Tigers, so if he if he actually has to sign for less money somewhere else, then Tigers might have to top up his his cuts his salary back to his original contract level. Um, so, yes, interesting. Um, some of you might say, look, that's just a waste of money. Make make him play anyway. And the answer, well, then is look, you can't have some people in the dressing room. Um, taking a pay cut and some people not that just would not work from a team dynamics point of view so yeah it's all a bit complicated um from from that point of view so yeah so interesting goings on there 
Um, talking of money, um, we are an independent um, channel, folks. Uh, we don't receive any funds from NZME or or, or Herald or, uh, or or Radio New Zealand or the government or anything like that. Um, and yes. following um or the listenership so that we do have uh, make some money from um advertising so if you do know people who would you think would enjoy this then please do share uh, it with your friends um also um as we've seen um rev advertising revenue is not a good uh, source of or not a very stable source of income for media companies um but uh so and hence you've seen people like stuff go down the membership route you can become a supporter of driving goal um, there are a number of ways to um, do that. You can either go to patreon.com forward slash driving wall, um, or you can do what Utah Mo did the other night, which is use the super chat and the super stickers on YouTube um, to give uh, to help us to help fund the station. So thank you very much. I see you blow by nose. Sorry, about this one. <laughs> It's okay. He's been doing it tough for the last few days. Has uh, has Paul, but he's an absolute trooper since we've uh, uh, started the show back in uh, just before, in fact, the day after uh, lockdown here in New Zealand. On I think it was the uh, Thursday morning, we started our our first show on the morning uh, sports brief. And uh, uh, credit to Paul, he's uh, he's hanging tough at the minute, aren't you, Paul? You're back with us now. I'm back with us now. Yes, back. I'm, I'm back. Um, and yes, because on that morning sports briefing, we have now been um, broadcasting for um, 96 days, folks, um, with the uh, New Zealand Sports Radio. So every single morning for the last 96 days, I've been up at, uh, well, it was 8 o'clock, now it's 7 o'clock in the morning, giving bringing you the morning sports briefing. So yes, we are um, one of the, yeah, well, probably the only independent um, content producer who is actually daily broadcasting, folks. So, do, uh, so yes, if you'd like to support us, there are a number of ways. Also, um, you can um, go to the uh, the website, and there's a place there you can pay by PayPal. You can give a buy a five dollar um, coffee for me um, via PayPal as well, drivingmore.com. Um, that's uh, that side of things. Now, did you see the uh, the tweets that came out by um, uh, Sky Sports? Uh, so that some, um, oh dear, it's not going to open up properly. Um, uh, uh, giving the dates for the uh, upcoming games, Stephen. Uh, obviously, a lot of publicity about it, but uh, once again, they were pretty much taken down before I had a look. Oh dear me! Well, I will uh, just um, bring it up for you then, because hey, we got it. We got it screenshot before um, <laughs> before it all all happened. Um, and uh, yes, I'm not sure how readable that is there for you folks but um let's just i'll just run you through um what let's see if, if i can make it a bit lot larger for you then i'll, I'll do that and uh, yep there we um there we go so what's um basically uh sky sports uh twitter account said was that um super rugby um Aitaroa would run through to the, 9th, to the 16th of August, which I think is that 10 week program. Um, the North South game will be held on the 29th um, of August, which I think we all kind of knew about as well, sort of two weeks after Super Rugby finished. Um, and 
then the Meisterton Cup will kick off on the 11th of September. The Super Rugby AU or Super Rugby Gold, um, as we uh, love um, love to talk about it, uh, it runs through to the 19th of September. So look, with the Meisterton Cup having already started, clearly there's no room for a Super Rugby final between the two sides um, there, um, I'm afraid, folks. Um, and that's why we're not going to have that uh, playoff between Super Rugby AU and Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, and then the big news, though, were these big silver cups happening in October and November, um, Stephen. <laughs> yes, I, I see that. Uh, so something, something's on the burner. Something's happening. I can, uh, I'm in the kitchen at the moment, and I think I can smell it from here. <laughs> <laughs> Something is cooking. Yes, the, um, is cooking. and it, so those those look awfully like the Bledisloe Cup. Um, those, those 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 silver cups. Um, so yes, the 10th of October and the 17th of October, followed by the first um, and the 8th of November, are looking like. The, um, the the dates of the Bledisloe Cup. Obviously, um, we don't know if that's... Um, I've just noticed, folks, this is actually a printed out piece of paper, isn't it? This one's taken a photo of. You see, you can see the crinkles of it. Um, so maybe someone got in trouble for this. Um, anyway. Um, Great detective work. Great detective work. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Um, the, 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 uh, the, I was going to say the launch is going to be a fizzer. Because <laughs> we already know, I was going to say the launch is going to be a fizzer. Well, yes, exactly. Now that we all know about what it's going to be, <laughs> I guess the only thing we don't know is whether they'll play the first two games in Australia or the first two games in New Zealand. Let's be let's be honest. Um, the seventeenth through to the first. I'm um, just having a quick look on my calendar. Um, it says if I can get my mouse in the right place um, to see how long that gap is between um, those games. Um, so the 17th, so yes, it was, well, it's literally 14 days. Oh, funny that. The 17th being a Saturday and then the first being a Sunday means you can literally have a 14, so you can literally do your 14-day quarantine and then straight into the next game. So they might be flying out the night of the 17th to do their 14 days quarantine before the first. Um, as Simon makes the, makes the, um, Makes the point. Uh, very slim chance of being played in Melbourne this year. That yes, that's yeah. uh, <laughs> that is very true, Simon. Good point. Very, perce um, very, percept very perceptive. <laughs> the uh, actually, yeah, exactly. So there is there is exactly a fourteen day gap. But that's why that's a Saturday to a Sunday game. Um, all of a sudden, um, for those um, the um, and uh, Arthur believes says he he's, he thinks he's heard that the first two would be in New Zealand. Um, so that's um, uh, that's uh, what, um, what happens. Um, the, uh, oh, Nocturne writes, it, um, I hope if it's four match blows those series, both teams treat it um, as equally important uh, with first picks every game and changes only for the loss of form and injury. Now, um, four games in, in that kind of time frame. Um, I would expect there to be some rotation, um, but I would, I, but um, I can't see either the All Blacks or the Wallabies uh, putting out a second string side for a Bledisloe Cup game, personally. Mm. Um, the so Stephen, where if 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 the tenth and the seventeenth are in New Zealand, where do you think they would be held? 
Oh, I, I, I think they'll probably hold both of them. But uh, listen, New Zealand Rugby Union will be looking for a bit of income. So they'll want these played at their biggest, biggest stadiums. Um, definitely one at Eden Park. And it would not surprise me if they actually have the second one at Eden Park as well, as crazy as that sounds. Although, if they were to play it somewhere else, it would definitely be in Wellington. Probably Auckland, Wellington. Yep. Um, agreed. Um, and I think we've seen with the North-South game that that's uh, that yeah that, that it, it is about the money because um, as Ashwin says, um, dumb decision to hold, to have the North-South game at Eden Park. Um, he reckons. Um, what are your thoughts on that one, um, Stephen? Do you think that should that should be at Eden Park, or do you think they should have taken that somewhere else? Um, dumb decision to have the North South game at Eden Park. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that's the flashiest decision at all. I actually think that would have been a good one to take to um, take to I don't know maybe a, a, a Rotorua Stadium or maybe um, maybe Napier somewhere somewhere like that or even or even Christchurch. You know, just just spread the love a little bit. Wow, that small a stadium. I would have got. I would have said Forsyth Bar, maybe. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't have said one of the smaller ones. Wait, actually, um, you are. You, actually, my apologies. Um, you're right. At least you're guaranteed a, a dry weather game. Yep. Um, I must admit, I don't know whether. Oh, yeah, I'm going to clue if the 29th of August is during term time or not, um, as far as the student turnout goes. Um, but yes, if you're going to be playing. Um, Multiple game. If you're going to be playing the um, Bledisloe Cup, and especially if you're going to play, if you're going to try and play both of them at Eden Park, then you really, really are asking a lot to, to hold the North South game there as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, Ashwin agrees with you that one in Welly, one in Auckland um, would be the, the sensible way for those um, Bledisloe um, Cup games. Um, uh, Super Rugby wrapping up on the nineteenth. Uh, that gives them one, two, three weeks until the tenth, which means that yes, they do again. They have time to do the um, uh, do, do do the quarantining um, as well. <laughs> um, Simon, yeah, Simon Hughes. I know why you would think the North South game in Rotorua sounds good because you live there, um, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, Hor horrible ground to get in and out of, though. I've got to say. The uh, what Rotorua? Oh, yeah. So, I don't think it's that bad, personally. Oh, 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 and by the way, on behalf of the radio station, I apologise to everybody down in the Rotorua area as well. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've only been there for my Sun Cup games when it hasn't been that packed, and so I've had no problems parking somewhere near the ground and walking to it. But I'm not must admit, I've not been there um, for like a, a Lions game or a or a Maori All Blacks game or anything um, like that. Um, the, uh, what, the other thing that I will be doing, um, as we're talking about my 10 cup and all of that sort of stuff is I'm in the process of producing a Rand Furley shield video, um, looking at all the possible permutations of where the Rand Furley shield could go this year, um, and running through those and letting you know where I think it probably or could go. Um, so if you would like to uh, watch that video, that will be for supporters only head over to drivingmall.com. Um, and uh, you can find ways to sign up and become a supporter of Driving Mall um, over there. 
Um, the uh, um, yeah, I mean, the the last Inter Island game was a long, long time ago. So um, yes, Nocturnal Red says yeah, it was only NPC level players, no super players last time, um, which is um, uh, which is interesting. Um, the um, I, th I, th I think this is uh, this is a point here. Uh, the Arsenal talking about the the Lions versus the Maoris. Um, I think the problem with the Lions tours is that look, it's the only time they that you find these places selling out uh, and setting things up for a, a game that happens once every twelve years um, is not really economically um, viable. Um, to be honest. Um, so don't forget, folks, you're listening to New Zealand Sports Radio. Um, please do like the page or subscribe to the podcast. And um, Steve, do you want to um, take us through some grassroots results? I certainly will. Just before I do, Paul, that um, oh, speaking of that north, speaking of that north-south match, the last one annual match was actually played in 1995, and it was won by the South by 32 points to 24. So uh, there you go. That was Revenge long, is as cold as they say. Yeah, no. well, especially if you've been, especially if you've been waiting that long. But uh, I will start with. Um, yeah, it's very cold a, now. But I'll start with a form of rugby that is still being played to this very day. And fortunately, even though it's been a COVID nineteen year, it is being played again this year. And it's club rugby, and it's what we love, club rugby. And we're going to start with the uh, northern results uh, this week, uh, Paul. And starting in the far north, we saw horror horror beating Western Sharks, handing in their first loss this, this season, 32-27. Now, Horahora are running very hot at the minute, and they are the only unbeaten team, I think, in the Northern wider competition. Yes, that's correct. Now, Waipu, who were last year's champions, they bounced back to beat Kitty Kitty 34-20 in a tight one at Caledonian Park in Waipu. Old boys Marist, 2 2 too strong for Hikurangi at home, 22-7. And Mid-Northern, I see, uh, carried on their uh, their winning way after beating Waipu last weekend, picking up their second win in a row, beating Carmo, 26-17. And uh, Wellsford with a very, very big win. They've got a sprinkling of uh, Northern players in their team. Too strong for the uh, newly promoted side, Ngati Hine, Moirewa. UK, 81 points to 13. Listen, guys, just hang in there. I know it's the first season. For those guys, but there is no relegation this year, so I'm pretty sure they'll be better for their efforts uh, this year. They'll know exactly what to do when uh, they go into 2021. Just quickly looking at the uh, Northland table, which I've got in front of me, Paul Horahora up and out in front with 14 points, so they've only missed on one possible bonus point. Western Sharks in second and 11, Mid Northern on 10, and uh, Waipu on 10. That's your top four in the uh, Spark. Northland Club competition. Sorry, forgot to get the spark in there, Paul. And uh, we move down to uh, North Harbour as I take a take a little bit of a breath and a drink of water. You, and hopefully you'll be getting out to see a bit of club rugby this year, Paul. Um, yes, I have been. Um, sorry, I was going to share the wrong tab, folks. Um, let me just take that. Uh, stop sharing that. Um, the sorry, I was, I was trying to bring up the uh, the the table. Um, so there we go. There's the table for you. Uh, so yes, now I've been out to. I, I've, I've seen um, um, the uh, Hamilton Old Boys uh, against Melville, um, and I would have been out last weekend as well, but unfortunately I had a bit of a head cold, so um, wanted to keep away from people and um, and uh, stay home if you're not well, folks. And that was the uh, that was what I was doing. Um, so yes, looking for 
Um, uh, yeah, I'll be looking, look, looking to get for, looking forward to get some games this coming um, weekend, definitely. Um, the, so yes, the, the, there's the table there for you for for Northland. Um, as you say, the two teams at the bottom there, no wins yet so far. Um, going to be a long old season for them, but uh, keep it some um, going, folks. Um, yeah. The so uh, moving down to um, to, to uh, North Harbour North Harbour Rugby Pool is I'm just waiting for my screen here to uh, to refresh, and I've just flicked you through. Uh, those results from the uh, North Harbour competition, but I'll slowly bring uh, those up again. This amazing uh, technology, this amazing technology that I have here in front of me. We'll go into those uh, North North Harbour results. The big game of the weekend was between Takapuna and North Shore. Takapuna travelling uh, to Devonport and doing the business, winning uh, 24 points to 11. Northcote now, they are just sending out a warning to everybody in this uh, competition. They are they are one of uh, two teams that are unbeaten this year. Also Takapuna unbeaten, but Northcote far too good for Massey, 61-19. Now that's quite a big win over a very good team. Silverdale travelled to Mahurangi, did the business 34-0. And uh, East Coast Bays uh, too strong for North Harbour Marist, 43 Points to 10 as we flick on to the uh, North Harbour table. Of course, uh, Northcote looking uh, pretty strong on uh, 15 points out on the uh, table. East Coast Bays, I suggest that might be three games they've actually played. So they're unbeaten as well. And so is Takapuna and North Shore there in uh, fourth place sitting on nine points. So that's your top four in North Harbour uh, Premiership Rugby. It's Paul just... Pops those uh, results up for us. Thank you, Paul. And, uh, yep, as you can see, that uh, Northcote team going travelling very, very well. Takapuna, so maybe Takapuna, East Coast Bays, who are last year's champions, uh, probably the, uh, the teams to watch in this competition as we head off to the uh, Auckland Club competition. Is uh, we'll quickly go through these uh, these uh, Auckland results in front of us. We had uh, Marist thirty, Papatoitoi twenty, Grammar Tech with a huge win over Otahu, who are struggling this season, eighty-one points to eight. Manukau Rovers uh, bounced back from their loss last weekend to beat Te Papapa forty-eight points to ten. Eden, another one of the teams that we should be uh, watching in this competition, 60-69-10. winners over East Tamaki. Suburbs came up at home. We're at home against College Rifles, and College Rifles got across the line 32-25, but talking to an independent observer who was there was probably a case of Suburbs uh, blowing that one. And, of course, we uh, haven't got uh, Dwayne uh, Pule-Taivau on tonight, but he'd be disappointed because his team, Pakuranga, went down uh, to the uh, reigning premiers, Ponsonby, 41-20. And, of course, a game that I was at on Saturday was the Waitamata University game, and it just happened to be the game of the round. Waitamata down 15-10 at halftime, and at one stage with 20 minutes to go, they were down 22 points to 10 and with a man in the bin. But it was the old case, Paul, of one team having a very good forward pack, the other having a slick back line. And at the end of the day, it was the... um, team with the uh, forward pack that came out on top. 
And uh, as we head off to the uh, table, we'll just have a look at that. Uh, the yeah, uh, I, I, Goodyear Auckland. You say Dwayne Dwayne did give me a response as to as, as to the as, as to their results um, at the weekend when he messaged me today. I'm not sure it's I'm not sure it's broadcastable. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what, what what sort of report did you get? Or you just can't say? Uh, well, he said we got spanked. By the way. <laughs> okay, but maybe not no not not in those words. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll head back to that uh, that table again in. Um, Goodyear Auckland Club Rugby, Eden on top. Now, they are one of uh, four unbeaten teams. Eden, Marist, Ponsonby, uh, Waitemata, in that order, all unbeaten in 2020. Pakuranga, although just sitting tucked away in fifth place in College Rifles, they are sitting in sixth. So some of these teams will actually play each other this weekend. I know Waitemata are heading to uh, a College Rifles, so that'll be a, a tough ask for that young Waitemata side and some of the teams down the bottom doing it tough or Tahuhu East uh, Tamaki and uh, I think uh, somewhere down there is uh, Te Papapa as uh, well and uh, finally I'll take in uh, some of the results from the Auckland Women's Competition Premier Women's third round Ponsonby 46 beat Ardmore Marist at 10 remembering Ardmore Marist Beach College Rifles last weekend in a close one but it wasn't, it was anything but close when College Rifles travelled to Manurewa, getting well and truly put away by 71 points to six. And in our final game, we had Marist too good for Albany Barbarians. That's the team from North Harbour, 57-15. As we have a quick look at the table, Manurewa setting themselves up as the team to beat at this stage of the competition, Manurewa, Ponsonby, Marist, and Ardmore Marist, our top four. And that's uh, pretty much sums up our uh, club rugby's results in the uh, northern region. Listen, don't forget, if you've um, any other grassroots sports, if you've got some results for us, touch base with us here at uh, New Zealand Sport Radio, and we will gladly uh, post the tables. And if you've got a bit of a spiel about who's playing well in your particular competition, We'll put that out for you. Yep. And down here in um, in the Waikato, um, unsurprisingly, Hautapu um, beat Marist 46-10. Um, uh, Hautapu, the reigning champions, obviously home of, oh, I've just gone blank, Mitch um, Mitch, uh, Mitch Jacobson. Uh, that's his home team there. Um, Melville got a good win over University at 54 retained that stag trophy um Otrahonga got a good win over morinsville 48 25 um, and then tiamutu and hamilton old boys a low scoring affair there at 18 at seven um tiamutu getting that one with fraser tech having the bye um so yes uh, how tapu um clearly again showing that they're going to be very difficult to um uh, to stop uh this season yet again um, Ashwin just wants to uh, give a shout out to um, Carl Perry um, at Suburbs who brought up his 100th game. Um, so congratulations, um, Carl, uh, for 100 games. That's a, a decent shift there, most definitely. Good good footballer, Paul. Um, sort of footballer that I think if he was probably uh, playing anywhere else in, in the country, he'd probably be looking at some uh, provincial honours. He's been right on the cusp of... Um, the uh, Auckland Mighty Team Cup side, but you know when you've got the likes of uh, uh, 
the Harry Plummer and 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 Zan um, Sullivan, and of course uh, the the uh, Angelo uh, uh, Leulia. Um, yeah, it's a bit hard to crack. Yep, absolutely. Um, now moving on then to Japan next, um, and whilst the uh, English Premier League, uh, oh, sorry, the Gallagher Premiership um, might be cutting costs, and uh, we're seeing similar things. Uh, here have happened here in New Zealand, Australia, etc. The one place that players still seem to be going to is Japan. Um, and the latest one today is Greg Laidlaw um, is now moving to um, NTT um, Shining Arcs. Um, so, yes, uh, wish uh, um, Greg Laidlaw um, good luck up there. He'll be joined by Liam Gill um, from um, Australia. And... Um, Anaru Rangi um, from here from New Zealand, the hooker, yep. um, is also going there. Paul, three really good pickups, in my opinion. Greg Laglaw, well, you know he'll get a lot of points for you, former Scottish international uh, scrum half. Very, very accurate goal kicker. Probably one of the most accurate goal kickers in, in world rugby and a very smart football. Anaru Rangi, uh, Melbourne uh, Rebels, uh, very good hooker. I, I think he may have been in the uh, Wallabies uh, Wallaby squad, so another good pick up there. And, of course, Liam Gill, very good open side flankers. These guys will do really well up in Japan. Yeah, absolutely. So um, looking at uh, some really um, good um, uh, tr- transfers there, uh, I, 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 I think, I think that people like George Chris, um, the England uh, lock, um, has also headed up there. Um, uh, Brody Italic has got another season up there as well. So yes, a lot of um, a lot of good uh, talent up in Japan. We'll have to try and get um, a list of actually of all the players that are going up there because it's uh, yeah they do seem to be taking a lot of players um, at the moment. The other sort of uh, last bit of news I've got. So folks, any topics you would like us to have a chat about, then please do put it um, in the um, uh, the live chat. Actually, yes, there was one in here. Um, and I'm just scrolling. Um, was it about the the? Uh, it's uh, oh no, I can't find it now. Um, but um, oh, what do we think of Japan and Fiji joining a rugby tournament with the Six Nation countries um, at the end of the year? Uh, we've covered this, kind of mentioned this on the morning sports briefing, uh, where we've mentioned that. So, so don't forget, you obviously that comes out daily. Um, so he mentioned it when when it was announced or, or when it was rumoured, actually, because it's still not being announced, let's be honest. Um, and you've got to say, look, this, this is a missed opportunity by New Zealand rugby um, and Australian rugby uh, here to to not have invited Japan, Fiji, Samoa, possibly Tonga as well, to come over um, and play tests. Um, just leaving it with those. I mean, if we go back to... Um, the uh, if I can find the there's the schedule again um, with the, the, that we had um, the test window where the players would have to be released by the uh, by their northern hemisphere teams is in November. Now that would also obviously cause some issues with the 14 day quarantine periods, um, so they'd have to work around that somehow. Um, but as you can see. There's only two games there in November. There's room for other games in there um, that they could have that they could have had um, 
teams in. Uh, if they were um, choosing local players um, from sort of Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, then look, as far as I'm aware, they're, they're pretty much um, coronavirus free. So there should be no problems there. I guess the only problem would be getting players back from Europe um, who could be, uh, what's the word, could be quarantined in time for a game because you only get three weeks for um, the international window. If you take two weeks of that up with quarantine, you don't get, you know, it's, it, it makes it not really worth the flight. So that, that would be the only problem there, really. Um, and as Simon, I think, mentioned earlier, um, that uh, the, Premier, the, the Premier League is trying to get back to going in August. So there's a good chance that the, uh, that the leagues will be back up and running in Europe by then. Um, so the... Uh, so yeah, so it's it's good for Japan. It's good for Fiji to get things lost has lost my lost lost noise unfortunately. Um, I can hear you now. <laughs> you better me. Oh, that's good. Um, missed opportunity by New Zealand and Australia. You think? Yeah, maybe. I mean, say so there's a lot of water to play under the bridge, Paul. To be really honest, with regards to, to you know, specific competitions being put up there, a lot's really going to depend where, you know, we're to my way thinking we're in the hands of COVID nineteen at at the minute and how how well the recovery goes. If this is what you were, if you were talking about the Japanese uh, Fijian opportunity to shoot off to another competition. Uh, and, I, uh, and and the, the chances of us seeing um, South Africa in it is, is, is also pretty slim. When you think that um, I mean, Brett put in our comments last night on on YouTube that um, South Africa is still getting ten thousand new infections per day. Wow. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it does mean that it looks looks very difficult for that um, uh, for, for, for that uh, for that side of things. Um, Simon says there's another rumor going around in South Africa that Super Rugby teams for South Africa. Uh, for, for yeah, for South Africa, um, will replace the Cheetahs and Kings in the, joining the Pro 14. Well, that would be a big one, um, wouldn't it? Oh, um, that... so um, uh, okay, so uh, Paul definitely we're up broadcasting from Wittipitianga tonight. Okay, that maybe sounds like I'm cutting out on the broadcast. Sorry, folks, if I am, um, um about that. Um, Stephen, perhaps you take can take this one. How do the Blues fans feel about Barrett skipping Super Rugby next year, but being available for the All Blacks? Oh, wow. Um, annoyed <laughs> at the minute. Um, I actually, I was under the understanding he was heading off to Japan at season's end, but he'd be back with the Blues. Now, I'd be really disappointed given that he missed that first part of the season. I'm, I'm pretty, I don't speak for all Blues fans, but yeah, annoyed if that's the case. Annoying, but hardly unexpected, mm. I think is really yeah. um, the thing. Yeah. We, we all kind of knew this was coming. Um, so, yeah, so not uh, not unexpected, um, really. So I think, yeah, uh, it's, it, it's what happens nowadays that um, the very, very top players uh, will get these sabbaticals. I'd rather they would do what Richard recorded and take it and take um, six months off and, and have a rest. Um, but um, and it's good to see that Brody Italic is actually using this opportunity when the Japan top Japan top lead, the Japan top league didn't. Um, uh, yes, yeah, cancelled. He has said, "Look, yeah, I'm I'm resting my body, 
Uh, it's all about trying to make it to the next Rugby World Cup. So, yeah, un- not not unexpected. Um, CVC then, um, Stephen. Apparently, this is still on, and that uh, whilst it had been put on hold for COVID, um, CVC and the Six Nations will be signing up a deal, um, which sees more money come into the game, which um, kind of leads you to wonder. Should they really be cutting salaries if they're going to, if they're going to be getting seventy five million pounds, or whatever, or euros, whatever it was um, that was been uh, that has been reported? Yeah, yeah. it's it, it also it also probably tells me that the um, the world season uh, could be a dead duck as well. Well, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Is is that um, will the uh, yeah the, the is the is is the, is the world yeah the, the club championship or whatever it's called. Um, uh, dead in the water. I think this comes down to um, are, are New Zealand rugby are or are, are the Sanzar countries willing CVC um, potentially getting to bed with them as well? If so, then that world league is definitely on. <laughs> um, and part of that is look, CVC have got a stake in Six Nations, uh, Pro Fourteen, and the um, Gallagher Premiership. So that club versus country argument between the Gallagher Premiership uh, and uh, between the English clubs, at least, um, and this international super uh, international world <coughs> league could be smoothed over very quickly if CVC go, it's something we want. Um, so uh, from that point of view, it could help things. From the, um, from the other point of view of... Um, uh, yeah, it, yeah. I, I can, if, if, they, if they're not willing to get into bed with CVC, then it's definitely not happening. You're quite right. Nocturnal <coughs> um, rights. Is anyone of the fans are disengaged um, uh, with Super Rugby because these players taking this time off? Look, um, I think what I don't think it, I, I understand the spasticals uh, are annoying people now, but um, it's a bigger issue than that. Uh, and if you've got people with the emotional connection to the clubs, it doesn't really matter who's playing. They'll still turn up. Um, uh, and so that's, um, to me, is, is where the problem has been. That, yeah, there is a big... Is with, the, with the clubs, uh, also with the Super Rugby franchises, is where it's fallen down, um, not necessarily with the players um, that are there. Um, do you think sematical players should just walk back into the All Blacks camp or do they have to prove themselves again um, when you're World Player of the Year twice I think you've proved yourself already you don't need to prove yourself again in all honesty Jordan um, yeah I think they do walk back into the camp because um, yeah. look the players that get sabbaticals who have we had Dan Carter <laughs> Goat <laughs> um, um, Richard McCaw Goat uh, Marnonu went up to Japan for a bit, didn't he? Uh, Comrade Smith. We're talking about two of the guys who were considered best centres of all time um, to a certain degree. Brody Retallick, Sam Whitelock, starting um, locks. Uh, uh, um, Bowden Barrett, I say World Player of the Year a couple of times. Look, it's players who have proven themselves time and time again that get to have your, that get to have the, um, the sabbaticals. It's not your younger players or it's not your um uh, it's not your kind of players who are just 
it's not like it's not like Sergio Reese, for example, who's just broken into the side, getting a, a sabbatical, is it? Interesting, <clears throat> interesting article, Paul, in the Independent. If uh, people want to log on to that now, it's an article that you've got to pay for. But the lead in the headline is rugby union's Japanese exodus a money grabbing exercise or a sign of the times are changing. Bowden Barrett's shock move to Suntory Sun Goliath next year is the latest sign that last year's World Cup left a legacy much greater than we have imagined. So, uh, so there you go. Check check out that article. Uh, and that would make a, an interesting read, but it'll also be a Northern Hemisphere take on that, I would imagine. And I think, yeah, you can just see that just by the little snippet you've got that shock thing that, that um, Bernard Barrett's going. I don't think it was a shock. I think everyone knew he was going to go for it. There was a good chance yeah. he was going. So it's definitely not a shock. Um, when you see the mess that the Japanese Rugby Football Union is, and you say, look, is this a greater move? No, look, it's the companies doing what the companies do up there, which is run good um uh running good what do you call it what's what i call that now um which which, which, which yeah running good teams uh and uh, yeah putting their teams into a league that gets messed around with by the japanese rugby football union every few years and they don't know what some um, structure they're getting uh, yeah i don't think it's a concern i don't think it's a i don't think it's anything that's um uh yeah we'll we'll see whether japanese football Jap- the japanese union's got its act together but from what i've what i'm hearing uh it doesn't sound like it um, yes, uh, Nocturnal Rights, Aaron Smith has rolled back um, and has been playing very well. He was superb. To be honest. Um, well, Stephen, thank you. Uh, any other topics? Otherwise, yes. we'll, I think we'll wrap yes, up. Yes, I, I actually have before we go. Um, listen, this evening I posted uh, some polls on New Zealand Sport Radio. Now, just in terms of the the source of those polls, they're from a guy by the name of Sam Casey, who has a <clears throat> is a, a producer for another radio station. Now he has a um, quite a a good relationship with a, with a lot of the players. So uh, listen, I don't know how hundred percent this particular poll is, but you can only really go off a guy's word. So I put it on our <clears throat> our website, and just to give you an idea, some of the questions that um, that are being asked <clears throat> now the players. These are answers that have come from the, pro- the professional players that he knows himself. But uh, to give you an idea, they've asked the professional players, who is the best professional coach you've had? And uh, yeah, some of the results are, are quite interesting. There's also uh, one there, for example, who will be the next breakout star and make the All Blacks? There's Callum Grace, Hosking Satutu and Mark Talia. I got the most votes. Um, two minutes to go, down to four, need to score a try. Whose hands do you want the ball in? You've got Damien McKenzie, Bowden Barrett, and Richie Moanga. Who is the best fullback in New Zealand? Damien McKenzie, Geordie Barrett, David Harvey, Bowden Barrett. Who is the best midfielder in New Zealand rugby? Anton Leonard-Brown, Jack Goodhue, Nani Lamape. Who is the best player 23 years of age and under in New Zealand rugby? Geordie Barrett, Will Jordan, Luke Jacobson, Sevu Reese. Who is the best winger in New Zealand rugby? George Bridge. Sevu Reese, Rico Iwani, Ben Lamb. Who is the best first five in New Zealand? Bowden Barrett, Richie Moanga, or Aaron Cruden. So there's some interesting questions there. So by all means, drop us a, drop us a line. Like I say, I'm only really going off the information that's that's being posted, but I think it's a great little exercise to uh, 
to get into. Um, just looking at some of these results, there's a couple of real interesting ones there for me. I'll just touch on who is the best winger. Well, we've got Ben Lem at 11%, Rico Ioane at 13%, Sevu Reese at 21%, but we've got George Bridge at a staggering 46%. Would you have clicked that, Paul? No, I don't think I would have done. I would have, it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, there, there, there are some interesting ones. You say, does that George Bridge one where you think, um, wow, I good player, but outstandingly better than all the other wingers in the country? No, not really. Um, I think that Severis scored more tries. But then again, is Severis as rounded a player? Um, which I think is probably where they're coming from. Um, so yes, so that yeah, that must be that one did um that one that, that one did surprise me. One that I did enjoy though was who is the best coach you've you've had? And seeing yes. Tony Brown just tip just um pip that one. Robertson there. Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of time for um, for Tony Brown. Uh, I think a lot of people have. Um, the uh, so I, can, I, 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 I see in, in that in that little piece it says sixteen others, forty percent. So you know, for you know, some of these guys guys maybe their first memory was their under under nines coach or their first fifteen coach Paul. So uh, it, you know, some some. I would imagine it would be a case of some some coaches, some players taking it seriously, and maybe some players um, not so seriously. Hence, the, if you look at those percentages, they don't all add up. If you're a little bit confused by that, right? Okay. Um, breakout star Cullen Grace, unsurprisingly, um, and Hoskins Tutu there. Mark Talia, um, again, another really good player, but with the number of good wingers around, um, I, I think it's going to be hard to see him. Uh, break in to the uh, break into the All Blacks, for example. Um, but uh, your thoughts? Do you think Mark Talia could make it? Yeah, I yeah, he's there or thereabouts. I'm I kind of agree with both Hoskins and Cullen Cullen Grace. Cullen Grace was good before before Super Rugby, but you know, if you think of Hoskins Satutu, he was he's been very good as well, probably. In the last couple of games, not quite as good, but oh my god! To me, it's between those two, Cullen Grace and Hoskins Satutu. No, no disrespect to uh, Mark Talia. Uh, the four minutes to go. Well, yep, you want it in the hands of the, the guys who pull the strings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I, <clears throat> I, 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 yeah, exactly. You want somebody to do amaze something amazing. <clears throat> he'll do something amazing and Bowden Barrett will finish it. That's probably how it will work out. <laughs> Best fullback, yep. Dave McKenzie, Jordy Barrett, I think uh, David Havili. Yeah. You know, um, you know what? I'm actually... going to be a bit controversial there. I'm a real huge David Havili fan. Listen, I thought he was good last year and I thought he was one of the unlucky players not to make the cut. And first part of the season, he was sensational. And he's been consistently good all the way along. The um, yeah, he has. Um, and uh, Will Jordan not there though, which is interesting. Yeah, I think he's. I don't know if he was getting a lot of game time in the first part of first part of the season because if you remember, they were using Harvilli. Then Harvilli had that uh, operation. They were using Harvilli, uh, Sevu Reese, and um, George George Bridge. George Bridge. Those were the back three, so he wasn't getting a lot of 
game time. Uh, Will Jordan, I don't know if Will Jordan's a breakout sort of star because I think we he was with the Crusaders last year. So, uh, yeah, in, interesting one there, but it's good debate. Like I say, post, post this up because we'll probably have to revisit this at some stage, Paul. Yep. Uh, Anson Brown there, again, big one over Jack Goodhue, interestingly. Um, there you go. Will Jordan's there for best under-23 um, player. And there's the winging, winger one you were talking about. Who's the best first five? Uh, which is an, another uh, in, another interesting one. Boy, um, you could, you could back to the coach. If you were talking, we were talking about it right now. You, there could be an argument there for Teddy Black. He's been consistently good in uh, 2020, <laughs> even pre-COVID and after COVID. So, uh, yeah, it was really interesting. Aaron Cruden started really well. He came back. Remember that very first game at Eden Park where he really was the difference in that game, but his form seems to have um, oh, slid a wee bit. And, uh, and Richie, Richie Moana, we know he's been super, super consistent. So, yeah, to me, that's quite an interesting one as well because Baden's been playing fullback. Yes, he hasn't been playing. <laughs> first five, yeah. Hasn't been playing first five at all. Well, um, yeah, folks, so, uh, yes, get amongst that over on the uh, driving, uh, not driving, over on the, uh, New, New Zealand Sports Radio um, Facebook page is where you can find all of those. Thank you very much, Stephen, for joining me um, this evening. Don't forget, folks, to um, subscribe to the podcast. Just search for New Zealand Sports Radio on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, um, or Acast, and tell your friends about the uh, about the station. Thank you very much for supporting us, and uh, catch you all tomorrow morning at 7am for the morning sports briefing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 